Welcome, 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 listeners. Welcome to the Fret Talk podcast. I am your host, Matt Quine. You Matt are? Quine, you say? What? what Who's? Where's? On? What? And 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 I recognise that voice as well. Today we are we have uh, a special guest, the budget pedal chap. Well, hey, hello, Mister Budget Pedal Chap. Hey, doesn't quite work as well as hello, hi, Matt. <laughs> but not quite the same. But it isn't. Yeah. So we're doing things a little bit differently this week. One of us has literally just got home, having been at the cinema, um, <laughs> and therefore didn't have to didn't have time to write up a podcast. Indeed, yeah. So instead, for the first time in what are we on episode ninety one uh, ninety one this week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode for the first time in ninety one episodes. Yeah, because you haven't written up the episode, you're not hosting. <laughs> That's it. Cause yeah, essentially, because I. I, I chose a, a social life over uh, over a po- well I chose partly having a social life but then made sure I got back in time to record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've you've prioritised the podcast at the end of the day. It just bumped yeah. it a little bit, so you know we can live with that. That's it. I so, thought yeah. it'd be a really good uh, uh, a really good kind of exercise in in just mixing things up to let someone else just take take the helm for. A, for an episode, and who who better to do so than Mr. Matt Quine himself? <laughs> well, I'm honoured that you've chosen me. I mean, there wasn't really much of a lot of choice, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was thrust upon you. Yeah, um, so I've, I hopefully have come up with enough that's going to sort of fill, a, fill an episode of Fret Talk. Absolutely. We'll start off with our normal what you've been up to. So, Mr. Budgel Pedal Chap, what have you been up to? I mean, th- this would be really helpful if I'd written this down or had had an opportunity to <laughs> to think about this, but um, we'll we'll go for it. Um, so oof, this week, I I um, I realised that um, flying V's, um, as wonderful and amazing as they are, uh, yeah. they don't fit into cases. So. <laughs> You mean you mean a normal standard soft or hard case? Yeah, so so I've got um I've got an ESP uh, soft case that's kicking about, which is a little bit wider than a usual case, and I thought that'll probably fit a flying V in, and it doesn't. <laughs> so um, I mean I, I can't say that I'm particularly surprised. Um, I mean I didn't measure it, but I I eyed it up and thought, well, that looks about the same size. Um, I was using a picture on the internet as scale rather than uh, <laughs> rather than any actual like measurable. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, how did <laughs> so that didn't work out too well? So I've, I had to buy um, I had to buy a kind of generic soft case which is meant for extreme style guitars. Um, yeah. And that arrived, and that that fits. So. The Good. the flying V is not is no longer kind of bound to the house. There so you go. That's that's a good well, thing. I might be able to going like, out with you soon. Then yeah, I might be able to take. Well, I think the the first trip it's going to have is going to be to Mister Fletcher. Yeah, uh, because I mean we all saw that coming. Yeah, I don't I don't think you have to be the genius to figure out that that's that's pretty much where it's going. And um, uh, our good friend Joe from Hello Sailor actually. Posted that on on Facebook when I when I posted the picture with the flying V, it was one of the first comments. It was like, okay, when's Fletch getting it? It's like I'm I'm not even mad. I'm no. 
So yeah. So that yeah, that was that was pretty much the uh, the thought process behind that. And we've been having a little conversation um, in the Fret Talk. I think it was in the Fret Talk podcast group, maybe this week uh, with with Mister Fletch, and he was he was saying how he's got some ideas for this uh, for this flying V. Good, good. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I I'm, I am going to keep tight lipped on it, but. If it's because we we had some conversations way back um, when I when I ordered the Bolt Flying V, yeah. um, and if it's the same kind of ideas that he had for that, I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be good. fucking like childish and ridiculous, <laughs> but I, I'm is excited. that not the point of a Flying V? Yeah, I think I think I need to lean into that a little bit more and just embrace the fact that it is a ridiculous guitar. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of having it and then putting blends in it? Because you'd never pick it up over your Les Paul, is it? Would you? Um, yeah, just so. Uh, that kind of brings me on to another thing that I did this week as well. So, uh, as I've mentioned over the past couple of casts, that um, I have been moving house from a from a tiny, tiny flat into a, a, a nice, spacious house. Um that kind of thing makes you realise how much fucking stuff you have. <laughs> because, the, like, you're in a flat, you think, okay, it's, it's getting a bit cramped. When I move it all to a house, it's gonna it's gonna spread out a little bit. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all good. Nah, not really. But it has it. The 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 advantage of this is it's put all my guitars in one place and at a point where I can access them now. So rather than kind of having to pull five guitars out to get to the the one that's behind them all, I can get to all of the individual guitars now, uh, which gave me the opportunity to play the Les Paul, which I haven't done in a long, long time. <laughs> um, and I, I've played the blends in in the Les Paul, and those blend pickups are very, very good. <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned this on the cast before, I'm, but I'm, I'm not sure whether you have. Um, I know I have because I have them in a. I can't remember why I got them though. I can't remember who recommended them to me. <laughs> no, that, that that is one of uh, one of podcasts' great mysteries, that isn't it? It is. Um, but yeah, so I was playing those blend pickups again, and they they just they have everything that I want in a humbucker. They're not um, ridiculously bassy, which some humbuckers can be. So they're they're quite tight and focused, but they're still kind of really thick sounding. It's it's mm. it's really odd when you explain it, but it's it's like not overly woofy bass, uh, and the the mid uh, the mid characteristic is just where you want it to be, and like plugged into a Blackstar HC five, which it has no right sounding as good as it does. Um, it yeah. just it sounded like all uh, all of the kind of classic recorded Les Paul tones. Like those good good old seventies Les Paul tones. Yeah. Um so yeah, I was I was kind of I was in a bit of tonal nirvana there. And the fact that I've got a coil uh, not a coil tap I've got a coil tap on it, which is uh sorry, coil split, which is fantastic. But I've got a, a phase switch as well. So when you're yeah, in the middle so pickup with the proper Yeah, you, you you go for like the Peter Green sounds and it's 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 uh it's some somewhat inspiring. Yeah, I can. I mean, I, well, I've not 
got anything that's got that phase inversion on yet. I'm half thinking about telling the guitar geek to just put put the middle position of the the Les Paul that I'm getting. Yeah, with phase inversion, just because. I kind of want it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 an odd sound. Don't get me wrong; it kind of hollows everything out quite a bit. Um, but it, it's it's an iconic sound as well. It might be odd, but it's it's a sound that you know exactly when you hear it. You know exactly what it is. It's you know. Yeah, absolutely. That it's it is it's it's absolutely it's, it's iconic, um, and it it gives you another tone which. You can't get otherwise, and it's yeah, it's fantastic. I really do like it. I like the fact that it's on a switch though, as well, so that I can get rid of it if I don't want it. I I can't remember the last time I used a middle position live. I, I tend to use bridge or neck. Yeah, you're all, all or nothing, man. Yeah. No. But then I don't use I don't use tone controls either. <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mainly because I don't have one on my main guitar, but yeah. So yeah, I mean that will that will kind of force you to to not reach yeah. for it, won't it? Yeah, and, and I've, to be fair, I do have to change that because obviously with a new band, there's, there's stuff where I'm going to need tone controls for for certain tones, like the the solo, Mister Blue Sky, I mentioned last week. That's tone all the way off. That kind of really, just, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's no tone, kind, of kind of smooth and warm, isn't it? Yeah. And there's there's absolutely no way of emulating that without without a tone without control, unfortunately. No. No, so that just means that that particular song I won't be able to use the Cabernet. I think every other guitar I own has a tone control, so it's not like it's not not the end of the world. And to be and I will, I'll be using the very axe for the, that band anyway because you know, um, it just makes o- open a lot G. easier, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like... Playing status quo tunes, like, am I going to tune a, an entire guitar to open G so I can only use it for two songs, or am I going to use the inbuilt function of a Variax to just tweak it? Yeah, I mean, it it does. It makes a great deal of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I've done that. Um, I also, um, I've I've had a bass guitar of uh, Fletch's for for a long, long time. Uh, much longer than I have justification to to, <laughs> to have that, um, and uh, he he let me let me borrow it on the uh, on the promise that I'd I'd do some uh, some bass demos for it, and I actually found some time to do those bass demos this week. Um, so I, I recorded like a couple of really short tracks with the bass on, and I've done it where. Uh, to kind of showcase the the sound of the bass, I've got the bass on its own, and then the same bass line repeated within kind of like a miniature mix. Right. Okay. Because um, I thought if if I was buying a bass guitar pickup, um, which I don't have a great deal of experience with, if I'm honest, uh, but I'd want to hear it. I want to hear how it sounds on on its own, um, but. Importantly, I'd I'd like to know kind of where it sits in a mix. Shouldn't you be doing that with a guitar pickup as well? I know we don't. Yeah. But thinking about it logically, you'd think that you'd want to hear it in a mix yeah, with a guitar pickup as well. So my my uh, my thoughts behind that is that guitarists are very self-centered. <laughs> um, 
and they care very much only for what they sound like and not not really for i mean just see the fact that fuzz is a thing um, yeah i mean you're not wrong in the slightest no um so guitarists are very kind of very self-involved whereas bassists tend to um they tend to work as part of a team better they tend to like lock into the groove of the drums um and and use use that kind of to to strengthen their their parts so i tried to do that i'm not i'm not the the greatest bassist by any stretch of the imagination um but i played like maybe i think it was three tracks with um different styles and there was one track that had a little bit of reverb and a little bit of delay on the bass which a, a, a little bit strange but it, it sounded really good and then one that was like very dry and then one with the tone control off as well just to um just to give it a little bit of, bit of variety um yeah. it, it, it sounds really good um the bass that he gave me to play with it as well is uh um it's one of fletcher's creations and it's it's lovely i think if i ever played bass it would be that one <laughs> fair enough what type of pick was it a split like p bass pickup or jazz bass pickup no or? i think uh, i think it is just a, a standard it so it's just a standard kind of it looks a bit like a strat pickup but in bass format so oh, it's okay. it's not quite because the jazz jazz pickups are wide and kind of square whereas this is it's almost kind of like rounded edges. It, it, like I say, it just look. It looks like a strap pickup. So it's a four, yeah. four pole pieces. I, he's he's probably explained to me what this what this pickup's based on and what it's supposed to be. And uh, it sounds very much like it's after the fifty one P bass before they split them. Yeah, that has like a, a literally one that looks like a strap pickup, but which four four thicker pole pieces than a normal strap. But yeah, we'll run with that then. We will run with that. Um, so th- those demos should be up on uh, on Fletch's website soon if you wanna you wanna hear them. Uh, but yeah, so like I say, they they it, it sounds really good. It's it sits really well in the mix, uh, and the 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 bass just sounds it just plays and sounds amazing. It makes you want to play bass, which is a really odd feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Although to be fair, like every time. I do little bits of bass. Like um, I've got a mate who plays acoustic guitar that asked me to track some bass for him because he'd written parts on an acoustic that he wanted putting onto a bass, but he wasn't comfortable playing them on a bass. And I was like, look, I'm a guitarist. All I'm going to do is exactly what you would do on the bass. And he was like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's someone like, else's problem then if it's wrong. Whereas, well, yes. It's, yeah. So I did it. I went around to his house um, and it was one of the weirdest concocts. It was a point, like the pointiest. It was bas- It was a, a BC Rich, I assume. You know, it was the one where you've got the, the back end of a flying V, but the front end, like halfway between a Strat and an SG. But really pointy. Okay. So, like, it's almost like an X, but with shorter bits at the front than at the back. Yeah, that that reminds me more of a like a, a Jackson Warrior than anything else. But maybe whatever. I mean, it, I can't remember what the brand was. I didn't particularly yeah. pay that much attention. It had a humbucker in it. I know that much. But <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, as, as you, yeah. That's and, what, and it's on 
a very light acoustic track. <laughs> so the the, nice. the bass really didn't kind of seem like it would feel. Yeah. But if you wrote all the bit of the tone control off, it kind of sounded like a a, a a bass sound that you could recognise that doesn't need drive and isn't in a metal band. Yeah. So it kind of got away with it and just weird playing basses. It's just... But at the same time, every time I play a bass, I'm like, that was really fun because you don't have to think about chords and all this stuff. You just you come up with a melody in your head and then repeat it. That's what that's what bass playing is. Yeah, well, I, I tend to, I don't know, I, I I tend to think slightly more about the the chordal movement when I'm playing bass. Like if if I'm playing guitar, I've got my kind of my standard little embellishments that I'll do. I'll play the chord and do my little susses and my little kind of Hendrixy like whittles around the chords. Yeah. Whereas the the bass, as you say, I'm I'm trying to kind of think of a a, a kind of melodic way to link all of the the root notes together. Yeah. Um but I I tend to do it where I um I th- try and come up with as many different ways of doing that. So I'll try not to repeat it as much as I potentially would with a guitar. You see, that must be really annoying. Like, if if somebody else then had to come and learn your bass lines, that would drive them absolutely insane. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. It would be massively horrible. <laughs> it would be massively horrible. I mean, my, uh, my suggestion would be, if you want to kind of, if you want to hear what my bass style would be, air quotations there for people who can't see that, um, just... Have a proper listen to what's going on in the bass guitar in the the, the intro music. Because yeah. you'll notice that there's, I mean, there's your standard, the but then there'll be like little licks, do do boom 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 boom, and then the next yeah. one it won't it it won't be anything near that. And then the one after that, it, it might borrow bits <laughs> from the first two, but then not yeah, the same again. In, in a different order again, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, fair enough. Like, I don't know, I, I quite enjoy playing bass when I do it. I just try and avoid it because I'm not very good at it. I My right-hand technique for playing the bass is ropey at best. Yeah, so I, I, I've found that my, my right-hand technique requires uh, requires work because... I can pick the notes, I can pluck them, but they go out of time a little bit because my fingers, my right, the fingers on my right hand aren't quite as practiced as they could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, if I play it with a pick, I'm fine, but it sounds shit. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely that. It's absolutely that. I could have, I could have got all of the, uh, all of the bass parts nailed in, in one go if I was using a pick, but. It sounds like a guy using a pick. Yeah, and as much as, as much as like I wind bassist up for it all the time, bass sh- you shouldn't be using a pick on bass. I mean, there are, there are certain styles that yeah. If, like, yeah, I mean, if you've got like a really and punk and stuff like that, where yeah. it needs to be punchy, yeah. But really I, punchy. That was what I was looking for. Yeah, I, I tend to find that finger style suits more uh, for bass. Yeah, in in, mo- in most places, yeah, yeah. So is that everything that you've shit, been man, up we've to been, this we've been talk- we, This is like bass fret talk. What the shit's going on? <laughs> this is crazy. Um, 
I, I don't know. Is there is there anything else that I've done this week? There is actually. Yeah, you posted something on <laughs> uh, on Facebook today. <laughs> Uh, not today. It was the, uh, yesterday, wasn't it? Where you were restringing the uh, the gold top. Yes, today. That was today. Oh, was it today? Okay, yeah. so you've put the the Fletch P nineties in the gold top. I have. Um, and you were restringing it. However, yeah, you were restringing it from tiny strings to to thick strings. I mean, this is the this is the segment that I said that we weren't going to go into. Which um, after the, what we've been up to is on my thing is which direction should you string? Question mark. <laughs> and that was going to be our little segment after the what you've been up to, but we'll do it now. Okay, sorry, I've ruined. Why does it fucking matter? <laughs> um, I mean, if you think about it logically, probably doesn't. But the what I've always been told is that you want to try and keep as much tension on the neck as possible um, for for when restringing, um, and some people suggest that doing it one string at a time so you've still got the tension on the neck yeah um, and and those people can get to fuck because yeah, i'm not doing that yeah i mean <laughs> like in an ideal world yes but if i have to do anything that requires cleaning the guitar fuck that noise yeah fuck that noise right in the ear yeah yeah um however thick strings yeah. carry a lot more tension than the thin strings so mm-hmm. by by my kind of logic is that if I put a thick string on first, it's at least getting more of the tension back to to counteract the truss rod. But if you've already removed all of the tension, if you put the thin ones on, it gradually brings the tension back to where it should be rather than stressing it out all in one go. Mm, yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean, the, the, the actual answer to this is I don't give a crap. Basically, whichever string comes out first is going on the guitar. In this yeah, instance, it was the thinner strings that came out. So I strung with the thinner strings. If they'd have come out in the other direction, I'd have restrung the thicker strings first. Indeed. <laughs> I think we can we can all agree, though, because um, Andrew, Andrew Bimson uh, commented on this one as well, saying, is it strange to do the... Like, the f- the two E's first, and then the the, the, the A and the, a B, and the and then, B, and then do the D and the G. Yes, that that is that's <laughs> that is some psycho shit, right there. I mean, I've heard people say that's the way you should do it as well, but I've never ever bothered. No, no, that's that that is sick and wrong. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. For shame, yeah. shame. <laughs> Yeah, so I suppose that kind of transitions into what I've done this week. So I've put P nineties into a gold top this morning. Um, and I then spent after I posted the the picture in the the Fret Talk podcast group. I then spent about an hour playing the Fletcher pickups, and I love them. I don't even know what they are because you ordered them, not me. <laughs> and then I got them off you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they're well, that... Alnico fives. Looking at what was inscribed on the back, I think I've got the business card for them on my kitchen table. So I think that's what that that was from. But yeah, um they they were originally for Yeomans, so I got them off him. You got them off me. Yeah. They are the Fletcher pickups <laughs> that finally found a home. But I'm I'm so glad that you that you're enjoying them 'cause um I I've played quite a few um quite a few Fletcher pickups just in general, but I've played a few of the P nineties. And yeah. Um, I think we both we both mentioned this on uh, on previous podcasts that we we had experience of the PRS SE P90s. 
Yes. And they they're the kind of pickups that make me sad on the inside. They they are and I'm I'm gonna say now the, the Wilkinson pickups that I took out of this, the SK ninety um SK ninety P was written on both of them, so I assume that's the name of the pickup. Single coil yeah. only spelt wrong, but whatever. Um <laughs> they sounded good. They sounded yeah. alright. I mean I they didn't need changing. Yeah. Yeah, but, they they didn't need changing until you heard the Fletchers. Yeah, I then plugged it in after I put the Fletcher, and I'll start now. Um, I mentioned on one of the other casts, I didn't think the wire for the neck pickup would reach all the way to the the pots. Yeah, it didn't. I had to extend it, and it was the ones where the outside of the coil, the outside of the wire was yeah, the ground metal, the ground. So I then had to solder to that to the back of the pot like a short wire and then solder another wire from the central wire to the um the the lug um yeah. and I managed to do it and it, it's working and it's not squealing so I don't think I've done anything wrong yeah no that's, if it works it works mate. I mean don't question yeah, um, it just so yeah I, I extended that it was about an inch short um, oh. and I put but it it literally the end of the wire came out of the the little hole, which was right over the pot that it needed to be. But but the end of the wire came out by about three mil. It just needed to be just just a little bit longer, and it would have just yeah, it literally. But um, it is what it is, and I I took it out. I added a bit of extra wire to it, put it back in, and yeah, yeah it was away straight away. Yeah, um, and. The, the pickups just sound fantastic. The the tone controls, I can hear that, like, normally I don't know, when people say, oh, that you need to change the pots out and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even think it matters. It bloody matters because you can hear the difference in the tone sweep in this versus the tone sweep in the the SG where I got Fletch to do proper pots and, yeah. you know, up, upgraded stuff. So the tone, the sweep of the tone isn't there, but the tone all the way off, the tone all the way on, you can get sounds in between. It's just not quite the range of sounds, and you can you can hear where there's not much happening and where there's a lot of kind of movement in a very small movement in your your fingers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, with with these super pots, but I, it it's it's good enough for me to to not need to worry about those. And yeah, I just I it, I lost an hour just because I was playing the guitar because the sound was great and I was. Only using me Ibanez practice amp, so it wasn't even like a proper, like yeah. a normal tone. It was just something that I have floating around, and you can tell the difference. In I played the guitar before I put the pickups in, just to make sure that I had in my head the old sound. And yeah, yeah just I mean, if you've got a guitar that's sub five hundred quid, just put Fletcher pickups in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's got to a point where I've I've got. I mean, the Gibson, which is definitely a. <laughs> a guitar that's past the 500 quid mark but yeah. that's got I, I, I took yeah, a, yeah. a Damasio pickups to put Fletchers in because the the pickups are that that good like yeah yeah and uh, like I say um, the the PRS ones are the only the only um, P90s I've ever owned before this guitar was a Soap Bar 2 yeah double cut away PRS soap, SE soap bars, and they were the fucking worst pickups in the world. Like I'd take a Squire Affinity Strat set over that. Yeah, I mean, god awful noise. I've played a few 
um, Affinity Strats recently, and the pickups aren't terrible. I remember them being really shit, but they're not. They're not. They're not bad at all. <laughs> no, they're not great, are they? But yeah, um, like the the SE, the SE soap bars just really didn't inspire me to pick up and in, pick that, up the instrument. That's it. I mean, it's not like they were bad pickups. It's just that they they didn't inspire me at all, and they they did they weren't. They didn't sound characteristically what a P90 should sound like. Yeah, I don't even know what they sounded like. They just sounded odd. Yeah, it was yeah, it was an odd. Yeah, it was almost kind of like a almost like an uncanny valley uh sound where it was it was not quite a single coil, but it was not quite a humbucker. But it weren't a P90 either. It just didn't yeah. sound it, it was just kind of a middle grain with yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, and like like you say, they were, they were just disappointing. But yeah, um, so basically, like I say, I played that for an hour, just really enjoying myself. Other than that, this week I've just been learning a few more songs for this for this new band. Um, I meet up with the guys for a drink on Saturday just to kind of meet the guys properly. Yeah. Um, one of them is doing a play, um, so is rehearsing for that, and that's it's kind of delaying now. Um, actual rehearsals with the band, but. Um, so yeah, it, it looks like I'm just going to go kind of meet the guys and then it would be out three weeks until we get a practice, which is fine by me. It gives me a chance so that when they say, oh, let's let's try this one, I, I should have most of the set done in three weeks' time, whereas it would have been a very sort of restricted hit these ten songs if, if it had been tomorrow night, say. Yeah, so I've been learning a few more songs, but other than that, that's about, that's about me for for my what we've been up to this week, just kind of plodding along. Fantastic. So doing a little bit. So what? What? Where are we going next? <laughs> next, we're going to go into the news. Well, hey. <laughs> so what? We so got, what we got news wise then? Uh, we're going to start off with uh, GNL news. So okay, it's this uh, 60th anniversary of the Jazzmaster. Yeah. This year, into it was 1959, and it looks like GNL are doing some. Special edition guitars for it. So the Fullerton Deluxe Dahini, is it Dahini? I think yeah, Dahini. I think they they pronounce it. But um, yeah, yes, it's it's a beach in America. Right. Okay. Yeah, um, it's basically a jazz master shaped guitar anyway. Um, and they're doing a couple of their their US version their models of this. And um, they're two humbucker guitars. Um, they're some of GNL's own humbuckers. I won't go into the serial numbers of them because it doesn't it doesn't really yeah. matter either way. Yeah, it it's not gonna, it's not gonna mean anything to you. Yeah. It's just a string of numbers and letters. So obviously bridge humbucker um, neck humbucker. There's two versions. So you've got a tobacco sunburst one, which has a road rosewood board with uh dot inlays. And then you got a black one with a maple board dot inlays as well. Um, both of them have your favourite. They've got torque guards. Yes. <laughs> and they've got two-point strat-style trem systems that are have been, quote-unquote, redesigned by Leo Fender. Yeah, yeah. So the, as far as I remember, they, they, they kind of they flare <coughs> out a bit towards the... Um, Towards where the um, the saddle screw in, don't they? So it's yeah, yeah. It's, they're not kind of they're not square on like a lot of um, uh, Fender 
two point trails. Yeah, they're, they're more trapezoid rather than block. Yeah, I think they yeah. they look really cool. Um, and the the Doheny's a um, a jazz master that I think I would want to try. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've never played the GNL a, a GNL of any sort of thing, but I've never heard anything bad about them. Yeah, I think um, uh, I've played f- four, maybe. So I've played a lot of um, a lot of the Asats. I played uh, a couple of the the Eastern, I think Indo um, Asats, and I played an American Asat. Um, and I played one of their strat copies, which I can't remember what they're called. Um, but yet, each and every one of them have been absolutely beautiful. The, uh, the the pickups that they come with, apparently, even down to the, the lower spec models, are all the same. So they're the same that they'd put in the, uh, the high-end models. So they all sound fantastic. Um, I mean, that's, that's really good. And then... These have kind of got the the little added touches, so you've got coil taps, not coil split, coil tap. Okay, yeah. Um, so hopefully it will give you a, a different sound to a coil split. I, I always find a coil split to be just a little bit too thin, more yeah. often than not. So hopefully these these kind of keep keep a little bit of the the, the, the bit that you miss with a coil tap, and um, they've also got um, the normal tone circuit and a bass roll off circuit as well, which I think you said is a feature on some of their other. The GNLs of the guitars as well, is it? Yeah, it's um, it's not a not one with the the Asats because they're just a standard Tele uh, control plate. But the the Strats have definitely got that, uh, and it's it's really really useful. You can kind of the uh, the the thing that you get with out of phase uh, pickups is that kind of that thin hollow sound. You can you can almost get that by using the bass roll off. Right. Okay. So it's it's like yeah. A, yeah, like a tailorable version of that. Tailorable is that even a word? It is now. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Shakespeare made up shit loads of words. Yeah. So, so you're allowed to. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you, Shakespeare. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's an episode title right there, isn't it? <laughs> it may very well be. It may very well be. Fuck you, Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like I say, yeah, these I'm, come in. Oh. Yeah, I, I love the fact that the um, they've, they've done the two classic colours. I think out of those two, I would probably go for the sunburst. Um, and yeah. the, the fact that they've got the torque guards. <sighs> yeah. The, the the issue with the sunburst is it's not that dark around the edge. It's it's a very light, okay. reddy kind of brown into like almost like the, the yellowy brown. And it's just... I, for me, sunburst needs to be really dark around the edges and then fading into the lighter colour. But I mean, it's just that's just personal taste. I'd still go for that because it's got a rosewood board over the the maple one. Yeah, um, just because I prefer a rosewood board. Absolutely. But I, I, I like the look of these. They're coming in at four nine nine. It's like fourteen nine nine. Yeah, for US for, dollars for an American-made uh, uh, guitar. I mean, yeah. Uh, what what would your your equivalent Fender be? I don't think they even do um, jazz masters at that price point, do they? Um, I don't think they do. I'm just trying to think. The American, what? So they've got American professional and American. 
what's the other American brand? Because they've got the player series is the um, is yeah, the Mexican it. ones. Then they've got something, oh, and then it's, it's professional performer. Performer play. It must be. It must be performer and professional. Then yeah. But I think the whichever the middle one is, I'm not even sure if there's any jazz masters in that series. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I've I've not researched the defender lineup since the last time we spoke about them. Yeah, neither have I. <laughs> and to be fair, the 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 offset style guitars are the ones that I don't don't pay much. Yeah, attention I don't to. really pay vast amounts of attention to. But yeah, I mean, if so, um, guitar guitar that's near me is a a GNL dealer. I think so. If I see see one coming up, I definitely it's definitely something that I'd give a try. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to try. I, they're they're going to be different to anything that Fender does anyway, anyway, uh, because Fender don't put humbuckers in Jazzmasters unless they're in this kind of squire range and they're doing that, you know, the the active one or the yeah the the the, the, the here's something a little bit different, which they don't seem to do with their American guitars, which is a bit of a shame. They kind of I've not even seen any FSR stuff in a long time. Kind of they they've done it with amps like. You know they do the FSR Blues Junior with this different speaker in it now and again, yeah. but you don't really see any guitars in the FSR range recently since they started doing what was the the, the stuff they did last year the uh, the, the Gretz Telly and the, yeah, Parallel, Parallel Universe, Universe. yeah yeah since they've done that I don't think they've done any FSRs but yeah I mean they're doing that all uh, alternate reality oh, this year but that's yeah. that's not FSR is it that's that's more no. of a. Um, it's it's not it's not a special run. It's a, a, a more of a standard range, but kind of something a bit different. Yeah, slightly limited. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like I say, I don't think you'd, you'd get anything sort of two humbuckers, Strat Tremsile, Jazzmaster in Defender range anyway. So it's going to be something a bit different. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although we do, we uh, we rag on um, Strat style trem systems pretty much weekly. <laughs> so. Yeah, you just you know do what you do with any other Strat style trem system and make sure that it's yeah. compressed into the body. Yeah, ignore it and hope it goes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, if your Strat style trem system moves when you're bending a string, you haven't got the strings, t- the springs in the back tight enough. That's it. Uh, yeah, if it moves, then weld it. Just weld the <laughs> fucker shut. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the first part of the news. The next one we've got lined up is the Fender uh, Mahogany Blacktop Strats. So there's um, two two different Blacktop Strats come out. Okay. I think this is the return of the Blacktop series. I don't remember seeing it last year. Yes, so the, the Blacktop, I think it may be like, four or so years ago was the last yeah. time that I remember them I don't remember them having anything sort of in this series for a while yet so you're probably right four years sounds about right but um, they're returning to it um, They, I assume the reason they're calling these guitars black top is because they've got black headstocks on them because one of them that's the only black bit on it <laughs> okay <laughs> like I, the other black tops I all remember them all having black scratch plates yeah black guards yeah yeah yeah, no, so um, there's one with a black guard, so there's a two humbucker version, um, which is, uh, I don't even know, I haven't written the type of red, it just says in red, yeah, so 
that doesn't help. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we've got one is Olympic white and one is in uh, mahogany blacktop strat in red. So that in doesn't red. help me yeah, as to yeah. what what type of red it is. But it's not. It's it's a darker red. It isn't your yeah, kind, kind of, of maroony. Yeah, it's it's yeah, more it, towards that way. So the 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 blacktop tellies were in a similar kind of red. Yes. So yeah, to give you a yeah, bit so of that, context for that one. Yeah. So the 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 two humbucker version, which is the black one with the uh, sorry, the red one with the black guard. Yeah. Um, two normal humbuckers. They don't say anything, so they don't tell you anything about those humbuckers at all. It doesn't even say in the articles that I've found two articles on it. Neither of them even say where whether it's fenders ones or whether they've brought somebody in to do the pickups. Literally just says humbuckers. Yeah, I think if, is, if they're the same as as the uh, the old uh, black tops, they were they were fender humbuckers. They weren't uh, particularly um, regarded humbuckers, but they they sounded great. They did. They sounded uh, surprisingly uh, surprisingly good for because if I think of fender humbuckers, I. I tend to get disappointed straight away. Yeah, I mean, like my, my um, only kind of the only time I ever heard Fender humbuckers is the wide, the new wide range ones, which are really disappointing. Yeah, um, I, the old wide range ones sound great, but I was talking to Fletch about it, and apparently they use a totally different type of magnet that you can't make anymore for <laughs> for legal reasons, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> for some form of reasons or whatever it is. But yeah, so. Um, that'll be why they sound a bit different. It doesn't tell me whether these are Rosewood or Powferro. Looking at the boards on them and the fact that they're made in Mexico, I'm going to guess Powferro boards. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're, they're quite a light colour, so um, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll guess they're Powferro, but like I say, I've got three articles open and none of them tell me what <laughs> much yeah. information about these guitars other if, than the pictures. If they're not telling you, if they're not like explicitly telling you that it's a rosewood you've got to assume it's pay fair over fender yeah yeah so that's it like i say the 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 red one with the black plate two two pickups chrome hardware um and it's coming in at 659 it's not a terrible is price is it not too bad and it's because they're normal humbuckers you can just swap them out without having to change the guard as well that's it. So if you normally buy a guitar at that range and change the humbuckers out anyway, if you don't particularly like them and you got this, you could always just do exactly the same, which is I I imagine is what's going to happen. Yeah, like I say, I mean I I liked the the sound of the humbuckers in the in the Black Tech series, but that being said, if if they are the the same the correct size for a replacement blend set. Then I think we know where my money's going. <laughs> yeah, I mean they are they're, they're normal humbucker sized with a screw on either side mount. None of this two screws one side, one screw the other, or two screws on either side mount. None of that nonsense. Bloody mental, normal, mate. Normal humbucking mounts. Yeah, good honest British humbuckers. <laughs> Don't think British, they're British. <laughs> Mexican American humbuckers. <laughs> <That's> it, yeah. <laughs> oh, this Brexit debacle's getting to me. <sighs> Yeah, and then the other one that they've they've uh, released is called the Triple Threat, um, which I is think we can guess what this one's all about. But <laughs> go on, it's a, an Olympic white with a white scratch plate, gold hardware, same board, same black headstock, but it's got three 
gold humbuckers in it. He's so quite ostentatious. Yeah, I mean, it. the only time I ever think about three humbuckers together is an SG. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, the, the Les Paul Black Beauty is a triple humbucker, but if I think triple, yeah. I think of an SG. I don't know, and I don't know why. No, it, like, SG is what pops into my head, and it just... I, I don't particularly... Like, if you're going to have gold hardware, don't put it on Olympic white. <laughs> it just it it just looks a bit off. Like have it stand out against black or something, or just yeah, you know, or, or like a, a dark blue or something like that. Just not. It just looks a bit a bit weird. And I, what's the point in three humbuckers in a strap? I mean, I I don't think I I could justify three humbuckers. At all, because usually it's it's a three way switch, and I don't think it does what you think it would. I don't, it doesn't even say whether it's three way or five. I assume it's probably the same one from the the first one, so it'll be, it will be a three way switch, and it won't be. Yeah. It's it's normally for three ways, isn't it? The back is bridge, the front is neck, and then the middle is bridge and middle or something. Yeah, it's some something odd like that. Yeah. Which is yeah. a bit, a bit strange. I mean, <laughs> give me a fucking five way. It's a strap for fuck's sake. Just put a five way in it. I mean, that would make sense. I, I, for for three humbuckers, I'd just like switches like the Brian May guitars, <laughs> where you can engage whichever fucking pickup yeah. you want. Yeah, and swap the phases around, and yeah, you'd need three, wouldn't you? So you can coil split them as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Oh, that'd be perfect. Although it would be a mess, wouldn't it? Yeah, that scratch plate well, switches all of them. Yeah, yeah trying to yeah, switch. You it. can also imagine oh, you put all me. of them on and then accidentally all of the phase. Yeah. How, how do you do an inverted phase with three pickups on? What are you asking me to do? The guitar just like falls over. See you. <laughs> In confusion. Yeah. No, you are not allowed to play no more. <laughs> I oh. don't know what you want of me. I don't know. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, so perhaps it's it's a good idea that we only have a three way blade. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd just we'd confuse yeah. situations <laughs> horrendously. I mean, if we're, we're confusing ourselves, how do you think the guitar's going to fit? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like this. The, the The triple humbucker one is coming in at six nine nine, so it's forty quid more expensive. So we both deduced before the cast that yeah. a humbucker costs forty quid. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> It's like one of those um, online maths problems, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you've got a blacktop strat with two pickups and it costs six five nine, and you've got a blacktop strat with three pickups and it costs six nine nine, yeah. how much does one pickup cost? That's it. <laughs> I mean, that is something we can oh we can accurately deduce because they are the same thing. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Unless the paints cost different amount of money. They're two different colours, and we've got a black guard and a white guard. Are they the same amount of money? Yeah, too, actually, too many variables. <laughs> There's too many. We can't we can't accurately deduce this. Now, do you have any other other news for this week? Because I know we've got the, some we've got some uh, a little treat, haven't we? We've got some. We have got a little treat. There's there's one final tiny piece of news, and it's following on from a, a statement we made in May last year where we very delicately 
alleged a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> but we so did a quick allegedly. Are we gonna are we gonna step very carefully on the eggshells that are this uh, this news topic then? We are. It, it's very brief, and it's just to say we mentioned that there was price fixing investigations going on. Yeah, yeah. In yep. the music industry, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> we. Yeah, um, and the first fine has been dished out, and it's been dished out to Fender Europe. Way fine of twenty five thousand Great British pounds, so about one Jimmy Page Telecaster. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, so the, the Competition and Markets Authority in the UK have fined Fender Europe £25,000. Fender have made a statement, um, and the the uh, Competition Markets Authority also did, and they said during their investigations they found that one individual within Fender has been doing something they shouldn't have. Um, Fender have said they're disappointed that they've been fined for the actions of an individual who wasn't acting on behalf of Fender. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, um, fair play. But Fender are, are going to say that, but at the same time, he's working, working for you and doing something he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and but, to be yeah. fair, twenty five k to a company like Fender is it's it's not a great deal, is it? So it's 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 nothing to a company like Fender. Like you say, it, it they sell two, that one of those pairs of. Jimmy Page tellies and they've already made yeah, that. Yeah, they've back. recouped that, haven't they? Yeah, so. So yeah, um, but yeah, it was just to say that the, the investigations are still in their early stages, but this is the first kind of thing we've had from that where we can actually now say uh, uh, one of the companies that was involved because they have been fined. It's, yeah, it's we, factual. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't have to throw the the old alleged about because it's it's something that has been reported. I mean, we're casting no aspersions. We're we're making no. No official comment on behalf of the Fret Talk podcast, but no. Fender, you naughty boys. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's it. We're just basically the last time we avoided saying any names of any companies at all. All we said it was the music industry. Now we've mentioned that you know Fender have had a fine from it. I'm sure there'll be more to come on this. It was oh it, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're talking about a five year investigation in the article that I was reading. So. Yeah, Bear in mind they, they said, said that there was money fi- a money fixing ring, didn't they? And one yeah. one fender doth not make a ring. Yeah, so it, it I'm sure there'll be more to come from this story, but I just thought it was, it was nice to kind of back up that that story that we reported on. That's it. Like yeah, I, said, I, th- I think it was about May last year, so we're coming on for eleven months. There we go. <laughs> we did some some proper journalism and. It it happened on uh, on Matt's watch as well, so that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so we've now finished with the news, and we're going to go into a question segment because I was panicking when you said <laughs> find something to do for a cast. So my very first thought was right, stick in the podcast group. Has anybody got any questions? Help. And then you've got something as a backup help. in case. In- in case I can't find anything, uh, and bear in mind we talked for half an hour about ourselves. Uh, We'd yeah. have been quite light if we hadn't done that, <laughs> as <laughs> so, per as per usual. I mean, we <laughs> so that's how we. Well, that's work. what this is for, isn't it? It's a podcast about us. I mean, generally, it's like it's a it's an hour long <laughs> therapy session where yeah. we 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 record it and and put it out, but it's mainly for our own sanity. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I'm just going to pick. I'm not going to pick every single question. There was a few posters in the group tonight, um, so we'll we'll take one or two from everybody who's kind of posted in. Yeah. So the first question we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Andrew Bimson um, has asked: Are there any amps around about a hundred pounds, new or used, that have an effects loop that aren't crap? Um, he's looking for small gigging volume levels. Um, they're, they're, that's a bonus, but not essential, is what he's saying. And then further on he went to say oh, why doesn't the Katana 50 have an effects loop um, I, I kind of guess that from that he's got a Katana 50 and he'd like an effects loop yeah um, I mean the, the the effects loop I assume on the Katana 50 was just to keep the prices down to keep them at a price point at which it makes the amp accessible to so many people and it was a fantastic move on behalf of uh on behalf of Boss Wernie, because they they absolutely mopped up with with the uh, the Katana Fifty. I mean, the, the yeah. entire Katana range, but the Katana Fifty especially. Yeah, I mean, I, like like you say, I, I guess that it was to keep the price down. In terms of amps for around a hundred quid with a um, an effects loop. I, off the top of my head, couldn't think of any. No, no, this is, it's, a, it's a really tough question. Um, I think Josh Baton came in with the answer. And <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the one answer. After he posted this, I remembered about his. So he's got the Hoto Mojo, Mojo Attack, which is the amp yeah. that goes on the pedal board. I didn't, and that does. I didn't think that was 100 quid, though. I thought that was more. I don't think it's much more. Okay. And I think you can probably pick them up secondhand for around that. Because uh, I don't think you'd be picking these up for second hand because Josh had to order his in uh, specially, I believe. Ah, uh, right. Um, okay. But the, uh, the 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 Mojo Diamond, I think they they were the the Legacy series, which were the tiny little. I think they were like five watt solid state heads. I believe yeah. because you got the Mojo Diamond, which was uh, Fender voiced. You got the. Um, the heart attack, which I believe was, um, I think that might have been Vox voiced, and then you, the purple wind, which was plexi voice. So you've got you've got a, a bunch of these different little ones, and they're yeah, like little tiny, yeah, tiny little five watt heads. And I believe all of those had uh, effects loops. You definitely they come up on reverb for around a hundred quid. Yeah, I mean that that those those ones were new for for nineteen, uh, I think like ninety five or something like that. I thought they were about one hundred and twenty five new. Um, last time I checked, they they were, but they, they maybe could, not. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, if they've got they've got the um the effects loop, then that's kind of the thing that, that you're looking for. To, but there's no way you're gigging with those. They they were no. loud enough to to rattle the rattle the windows, but you you ain't gigging with them. But they they do sound fantastic. I uh, I tried Josh's old uh, Fender va- uh, Fender um, voiced one, which is the Mojo Diamond, and it sounded great. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, the other option, I guess, is if he's if Andrew's got a Katana fifty, sell it and maybe add that to you. Your money, the black black star ID cores. Yeah, yeah, they, they have the. They've got an effects loop, don't they? I, I can't be sure. <laughs> I, 
I yeah. thought they did, and I think Chris Wilson posted in the group that yeah. he thinks they did as well. But maybe I'm right. I'd like, and again, they they sound they sound great. They really do. Yeah, um, they kind of get overlooked these days because the because of the katana. But I I still really rate the um, the ID core stuff, and the yeah, well, I know. the TVP stuff as well. The ID TVPs. Yeah, I know Chris picked up one because he likes the the width of the stereo. Yeah, he ended up selling it again because it's Chris because he's Chris yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so yeah um, it's a bit of a tough one Andrew in terms of anything for around 100 quid yeah I guess the answer is either sell something or save and pick up something a little bit more expensive I think would be my personal opinion yeah I think yeah the the kind of the 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 spec the design spec that you gave for that that question was really doable until the the price tag comes in and then it it really ties your hands doesn't it yeah yeah i mean personally i don't bother with effects loops two of my amps have it one or one of my amps has it and two doesn't or two of my amps have it and one doesn't i i don't use it yeah. i i'm i may be a cretin but yeah I, I just run everything at the front end um just for for ease because i can't be asked with <laughs> and it probably would sound better if I did have it running through the effects loop, but and that's it, especially now that I'm running my Vox hot rather yeah. than running it as a clean platform. It probably would sound a lot better if I oh absolutely had an effects loop, but it doesn't have an effects loop, and it doesn't bother me that it doesn't. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. that's your that's your other option is just the the katana fifty Slamming and just yeah, just just. Don't be so worried that it's going into the the, the driven amp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. let's shoot for another question because that was... Um, so uh, next up, Joe Halliday that we've mentioned earlier as well from Hello Sailor Effects has asked a couple of questions. I think we've done the gear that we've sold but should have kept before. I struggle to answer that one because I'm pretty sure I still have pretty much everything that I've ever owned apart from Yamaha Pacifica. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got a... A massive, uh, massive longing for a, a Dano DC fifty nine. Um, yeah. I really shouldn't have sold that. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's that's that one done quickly. The next one is quite an interesting que- question to me: DIY gear over Chinese made in the same price range. So do we think we get more bang for our buck building guitar amps, pedals, or buying mass product, uh, mass produced Chinese ones? Um, so, so for me, uh, you you get two different things with that. So, with the Chinese stuff, you um, you sacrifice a bit of quality. Um, some sometimes, I mean, the the quality coming out of China isn't isn't terrible these days, uh, and a lot of it's very playable. But you sacrifice the quality for convenience. The fact that you can order a pedal. For twenty five quid, and it will it will be there within a week. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're building it, you need to build it. Put a load of labour into it. Yeah, and you you can build it. You can build build it within within a day. But um, it requires that it requires you putting putting that effort into it, and then if it doesn't go right, you can't then just send it back to whoever <laughs> and. Yeah, get a new one working. You have to figure out why the fuck it ain't. 
Um, so, and, and I think that's it for me personally. I'm too lazy. Yeah, and it's it, it, it comes down to this and living in modern society. It's too easy to be lazy into in these terms of things, and I'm far more likely to buy cheap pedals. And you know, if they don't sound great, move them on because it's fairly easy. It's a fairly fluid market in terms of pedals. Or every every guitarist in Britain is looking for a different pedal because they want to tweak their tone ever nobody's ever happy with their tone so there's always somebody who's whether their price range is 10 to 20 quid or whether their price range is a 200 to 400 quid there's people in every single price range in those and all the ones in between yeah who are looking for something new so you've always got that option i think that that means pre-built stuff just it's it's so much easier for you yeah yeah i think uh, especially at that kind of low kind of budget price, uh, like Chinese price, that stuff shifts really quickly as well. Because you yeah. you you've got so many like beginners and people who are just trying to dip their toes into the um, the effects market, who will just pick up like a, a cheap Chinese tremolo or a phaser or a, a bunch of drive pedals to to get an idea yeah. of what this clon type sound is or what this like tube yeah tube screamer is. or this timmy clone or, or whatever so there'll be there'll, there'll always be someone who's who's trying to trying to get that kind of facsimile of the of the sound to, to get an idea of is that what i like yeah and and what i will say is now that i kind of have my rig and i have my pedal board I would be more likely to go for something custom-made, but somebody else has put the effort in. Absolutely. Like Joe for himself from Hello Sailor, or, or whether it's Simon from JSA, or, or yeah, yeah. Whoever, whoever it might be. Um, I, I'm far more likely to buy products that I know have been hand-wired by people who make stuff that other people I know have bought and they trust the manufacturers. I'm not somebody who likes to think that somebody else can get my tone. I'm a bit big-headed into, in that kind of way. I I want to be unique. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I highly doubt there's anybody out there running a Vox AC15C2 with two Hello Sailor, or three, three technically Hello Sailor with the broadside, the two Screamer and the, the broadside, the, the uh, Range Master. Yeah. So I, I like the idea that nobody else is ever going to get exactly my tone. And I also think that the pedals sound fantastic. A lot of the, the, the custom ones on the UK scene, is, uh, I'm still very much toying with the idea of buying a Raise the Dead. <laughs> You absolutely should, absolutely. The yeah, I think you you kind of you hit the nail on the head there in the fact that if if the uh, the the hand built pedals sounded the same as the Chinese ones, there'd be there'd be no point. You would you'd just you'd go oh well I'll, I'll get the Chinese ones because they're cheaper. They they yeah. are that that step ab- above. They sound better. They just they simply do. They yeah. The the thought process and the time and the love has gone into making those. 
Um, yeah. But like like you say, the the compromise is either you want the the convenience and the the, the cheapness of the the Chinese stuff, or you either learn how to build it yourself and have to kind of sink the time into that, or you uh, you sink a little bit more money into the 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 personalities who have put that time and effort in and who've honed their craft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Joe's given us another question, and I, I'm going to split it slightly. So he wants the best ever recorded guitar tone, and I'm going to ask you for a modern guitarist or a modern sound and a classic sound. <laughs> and whilst you think about that, I'm going to tell you mine. So go for it. My my personal favourite, I think, a modern sounds the Black Keys, Gold on the Ceiling, and all the stuff on El Camino. That fuzz sound just balls out, aggressive, just awesome tone. I think that's probably for me my favourite modern sound. Um, in terms of classic sound. Eric Clapton in Cream Disraeli Gears. I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, he's just any any of the the tracks from that pretty much sounded a bit fantastic, didn't they? Yeah. For, I mean, for for the classic stuff, there's just so many to choose from. It's just so many. Um, yeah. I think modern. I'd be cheating if I said um, Joe Bonamassa because. Although technically modern, he's very... It's a very much, classic sound. Not, not only is it a very classic sound, he's using all of the old fucking gear. <laughs> so it's pretty yeah. much it's pretty much the 70s. Um, but I am gonna, I'm going to go with, uh, with uh, anything from the John Mayer Continuum album. Yeah. Because, it's all modern gear. It's all... Well, th- that's it, yeah. It's... And it's well, the, there's dumbbells and two rocks and... Like yeah. highly unattainable <laughs> gear, but um, the the guitar tones, um, especially on uh, like the intro to Slow Dancing, where it's just yeah. like beautiful kind of fendery clean tones with with a like a, a drippy spring reverb. Yeah, it's all you need, really. That isn't it. <laughs> it it makes yeah. Every time I hit like. Not a big Joe Massa fan. I'd even say half that album didn't really do it for me. But every time I listen to Slow Dancing, I just think, why do I have pedals? Like, this is just a Fender guitar into a Fender amp. Yeah, well, I know that's probably not even what he recorded it with, but it's it just sounds like Strat into it does, yeah, Fender yeah. with a bit of reverb, it, it, Fender reverb on it. It does. It sounds like Strat into Fender combo, doesn't it? It, it, sounds, it sounds exactly that. And... No doubt it will be some kind of like a like a two rock or a like I say a, a dumble or something. But mate, you could have yeah. saved yourself <laughs> a, good, a good couple of grand <laughs> by just getting a just a standard Fender combo. Um, but part of that is as well as <coughs> down to the uh, the articulation that John Mayer puts behind those notes as well. Because um, yeah, like. As as much as some of us try to deny it, he's a very, very competent guitarist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think anybody denies his ability on the guitar. I think it's more whether he his ability matches his ego. 
<laughs> I don't think any ability would match that ego. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like I say, I can't argue with you. Like, I, I, yeah. Did you did you give a classic sound in the uh, end? No, I, I haven't yet, and I'm I'm torn. I mean, I think something like uh, like Parisian walkways, or still got the blues with Gary Moore standing in front of a very loud martial amp, um, would be a good one. Uh, just yeah. anything by Thin Lizzy, pretty much. I, I love that band. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is Les Paul in front of Marshall. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, like that. That being said, that's that's really not my tone. I was going to say it's nothing like what you. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I very much don't play that that kind of sound. But I, I, I don't use fuzz. So I, and I don't play any sort of of that cream era style sound either. So I, I've picked a tone that I haven't gone after as well. Yeah, let's let's go for it. Then yeah, go on. Yeah. I'll. I'll say Gary Moore still got the blues. It's just it's it's more driven than it has any right to be, um, <laughs> but it's just it's very very tasty blues. And as far as I remember, I think um, when Gary Moore recorded that track, um, the the studio engineer. Uh, tricked Gary Moore into saying, "Oh yeah, it's, this is uh, this is just your warm up." Just go like go through the song and and then we'll we'll hit the record when you're ready. And he just recorded it and it was fucking amazing off the bat. And then they went, <laughs> yeah, we got it. Genius, genius. To be fair, it probably made him less ostentatious. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it makes you a bit looser if you if you've not got that uh, red light kind Fever. of. Yeah, it's just kind of. <laughs> bearing over you it's a psychological thing isn't it yeah yeah very much so right a um, couple more questions um, go on we're going to run a little bit long but it doesn't matter um, so I'm going to skip a couple of questions that we'll come back to right at the end go on um, so Brian from the Tone Jerks podcast yeah. Brian Gower has asked your favourite modulation type and do you prefer it before or after your dirt pedals right, so we, we've already mentioned half of that before uh, well, we, we've mentioned that we we don't we don't do it into an effects loop. Um, I tend to have modulation after the dirt, um, pretty much exclusively. Um, yeah. I've heard good things about phaser going into dirt, but no. Nah. I'm exactly the same. All my modulation pedals are after my, my dirt pedals. The only thing I have in front of dirt pedals is a wah pedal if I'm using it, and an octave, yeah, and compression. But I mean compression. You can argue is dirt. Yeah, yeah, because it's it works with the dynamics, doesn't it? Um, oh, yeah, my compression's always on anyway. Um, for modulation, this is a really difficult question for me because I I love modulation. <laughs> uh, I use um, I I use pretty much them all. I've I've got I've got examples of them all across like multiple boards. Um, if I had to choose one. Uh, it's a it's a very difficult one. I, I mean, I'm kind of towing the line. I would I'd like to keep Phaser because I I really do like it. Because uh, even when you're on a clean tone, you get like a crunchy, crunchy sound, and it's amazing. Uh, but I think 
just for the the sheer joy that this pedal has brought me it's going to be vibrato um because the the tc shaker when i plugged that in <laughs> is literally like a little box of joy and it just makes I, me I, smile every time i knew you were going to say vibrato and just it, yeah for me like i'm i'm not a modulation person i quite like a bit of tremolo but i can live without it in fact i live without it to the point where if i want to use tremolo i use the tremolo on my amp i don't have a tremolo pedal um but i think it it has to be chorus but it has to be good chorus i don't like shit chorus yeah shit chorus i like 80s fully in your face the speed all over the place fully depth in the mix full just that just makes everything sound out of tune and horrible. I hate <laughs> a very subtle chorus on a clean or even a driven tone where it you can barely even tell that it's chorus until you turn the chorus pedal off and you hear that it's a bit flatter. That's how chorus should be, and that, that is modulation. That's the perfect modulation for me. Something that adds adds that little thing, but you can't tell what it is until you take it away. Yeah, it adds a bit of depth. That's how I use tremolo, pretty much. I have it so that it's not because that that just yeah. annoys the piss out of me. That does. <laughs> so I'm trying to play a note. Stop fucking cutting it off. But I have it so that it's it almost kind of adds a wash to the sound. Um, yeah. And like like even where it's like the the speed on the tremolo is slow, so it doesn't really stick to any kind of time. But it's yeah. just—it's it, almost like it's just moving your sound in and out a little bit, and it's—it adds adds something magical to your to your tone. That's a really good question. Thank you, Brian. That was—it made me yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, it definitely made me think as well. And like I say, I mean, I, I my most expensive pedal is a chorus pedal because I have to—I ha- can't—I can't be dealing with bad chorus. Yeah, shit and- chorus. Can't have shit chorus. <laughs> To be fair, the the cheap TC one that I've got, I actually is the first cheap chorus pedal. You know, oh, the the, the afterglow, yeah, 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 of course, the afterglow. Yeah, yeah. It's the first cheap chorus pedal where I haven't like I like. There's not many sounds in it that I particularly like. It does that horrible eighties chorus if you want it to. Yeah, it also does a subtle one. It, it, there's not many cheap choruses that do that subtle one to a noticeable level. Usually. By the time you've got it subtle, you can't hear it. Yeah, I, I, um, I liked that chorus, the uh, the afterglow. I thought that that it it sounded really good. It sounded quite yeah. thick, considering it's a it's a cheap chorus. Yeah, yeah, I, I really get on with it. But like I say, yeah, I, I spent two hundred and fifty quid on a on a um, an analog man. So yeah, I I, I kind of couldn't pick anything else. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so we've got one more. Legally obliged to say that one's better. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we've got one more serious question, and then we'll get on to Stuart's. So uh, Matthew Quinn has asked, uh, tunes that inspire you with the guitar. Uh, well, 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 let's hang on a, hang on a <laughs> sec. His name again. Matthew Quinn. Posh McCoin. <laughs> I mean, it's what every single sales company ever calls me when they ring up and speak to Matthew Quinn uh, no there's nobody nobody of that yeah. name here <laughs> yeah you can have uh, yeah. you can have the bit of rough Matt Coyne <laughs> I'll sort you out I'll sort you out nice yeah so so Matthew has asked tunes that inspire you with a guitar um that that's tough that's really tough um I I 
when I when I'm practicing guitar, which is few and far between these days, I try to find inspiration in vocal lines more than I find them in kind of guitar-y stuff. Um, but like hand on heart, honestly, the uh, the the challenges that we've been doing with the with the guitar challenges that really inspired me to uh, to pick up the guitar and start practicing a bit more, like properly practicing where I kind of have to kick my own ass into trying yeah. more. So I really enjoyed doing that. Um, we need to get back on that. That's the thing. We haven't got one for, for April, have we? No, not we didn't, yet. We didn't pick one, but what I think we said was obviously I've, I've kind of got some songs to learn for a band. So I kind of don't have time for doing extra ones. Yeah. So you suggested maybe picking something out of that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel because the the one I've struggled the most with so far has been the the one in Open G, the the status quo down down. Okay, there's not much lead work in it, but it's very there's lots of very fast changes of shapes that you're not used to because it's in Open G. Yeah, I'll, so I'll give it a go because I've I've got a variax. I don't need to tune a guitar to stupid tuning. It's something that. I've certainly never done before. So like the intro is repeated a few different times through it as well. And it's different shapes moving quite quickly. Yeah. And the, yeah, so it, it's, it's something that's a little bit different. Um, and it's made me think about the guitar. So I think if you're up for that, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do down down. It requires a capo as well, doesn't it? Capo four. Ah, fuck. I'm going to need to find my capo. I've got like four <laughs> of them, but I've got like, four of them as well but I can only ever find two at the same time yeah that's it <laughs> I'm sure I'll be able to find one I'll, yeah I'll give it a go I think actually in the Variax bag there's a capo so yeah I'll definitely there give that go. one a go yeah like I say it's it's not difficult in terms of there's no solo but trying to string all the parts together and the fact that there's really fast movements because they're obviously used to playing that style yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> I can't play it straight away. I have to warm up playing another song. I've never, ever had that in my life before, where I can't play something from cold. I've had to warm up. Um, so, yeah. Tell you know, the song's <laughs> good then. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, in terms of tunes that inspire me, um, if I take this kind of question, the way I, I kind of interpreted it was the reasons that I wanted to pick up the guitar. Oh, um, yeah, okay. Very much, I was... Grew up on Queen and Brian May and just stuff like I Want It All, stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody, um, where there's there's big, powerful stuff as well as some more subtle cutback. Yeah, it gets operatic at, at certain points and very kind of very flamboyant in the in the production where there's like multiple parts kind of interweaving. Yeah, and then you've got like riffs as well as chords as well as you know you, you've got it you've got it kind of all. I think that's what inspired me to want to be a guitarist. Out of everything, I, n- I, w- I never wanted to be a piano player. I never want. There's always always guitar. Now I had a keyboard growing up, and I had actually, it was only a tiny little Casio, like sixty key, small, almost like a toy basically, but. I messed around on it because it was the only musical instrument I had, but I always me. said to my parents, yeah, I always said guitar. to my parents that I wanted to be, I wanted to play guitar. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, and it was because of Brian May. Now 
as I got older, my parents then bought me the Air Guitar albums and stuff like, like I say, Eric Clapton is my idol. Yeah. Now, now I'd, I'd go back and listen to sort of anything, anything before Derek and the Derek and the Dominoes and before kind of is my era. So I even like some of the stuff that he did with the Blues Breakers. Was it the Blues Breakers? Yeah, Mal, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, like that's the kind of stuff that in that sort of influenced me to pick the guitar up. Yeah, no, wicked. It inspired me. So the last couple of questions, and these are going to be quite short answers. Yeah, these are quick so, answers, aren't they? <laughs> question number one from Mr. Stuart Tate. Would you rather have to say everything that comes to your mind or never say anything again? Uh, without a doubt, never say anything again. Like I would just say whatever comes to my mind, because, uh, I mean, that pretty much happens anyway. <laughs> I, I, would, I would get in so much trouble. <laughs> if I said everything that come into my mind, yeah, I mean, you could be arrested for. <laughs> yeah, like legal, legal of... hot water would, would, uh, would ensue. Yeah, so yeah, um, you're kind of bound by your your occupation with that one, that one, aren't you? I mean, just yeah, also bound by the the crazy shit that goes through my head. <laughs> I mean, I I just say it all on the internet anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. See? <laughs> Um, and the other one is if you got to choose between 50 years of being incredibly happy or to live forever but but be unhappy, which would you choose? No, happiness every time. Happiness every time. Yeah, Cause same. I'm not fussed about living forever. No, no, no. Couldn't give a shit. I mean, <laughs> Heather Ward's going at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah. How, how you get that 50 years of happiness is, I don't know, but yeah, 50 years of happiness every single time. That's it. And I think that brings us to the end, unless you've got anything else. Uh, I, I, I posted in a question. 100, 100 one-watt valve amps or one 100-watt solid-state amp? You have to play them for the rest of your life. Uh, and you also added to this, Oh yes, yeah, so one of them is on one fire. Of them, yeah. <laughs> you don't know which one. <laughs> yeah, because, because danger. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, 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 I hate myself for this, but the hundred watt, hundred watt solid state. Yeah, because it it would be slightly more useful having hundred one. Would be a clean. Yeah, hundred one watt amps. There, there is not a chance of getting a clean turn out of those. Yeah, put them all on clean, and each one adds a little bit more volume. Or is it seven decibels every time you double? So you can get. A decent volume, but you'd you need just to have, bring, to have them all turned down. You'd need to have a, a hundred to one uh, DI box kind of, or you could have a hundred cabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. It would make gigging incredibly um, complex. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just, I just have the hundred watt solid state amp. They're generally quite good as clean platforms, anyway. So, yeah. But it's it's Why a jazz chorus. Wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, they're all right as a clean platform as long as you don't turn on the drive or the the chorus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Um, yeah, I think that's where we where we end for today. So, Mister <laughs> Mister Matt Quine, would you like to wrap us up? Yeah. So, if you have enjoyed this, you want to interact with us a bit. If you want to get your questions read out the next time we panic and ask for some questions in the Facebook group, 
what you need to do is head over to Facebook and search in the groups for the Fret Talk podcast group. As you can see, there's quite a bit of fun going on in the in the chat, regardless of whether it's us asking for questions or not. Um, there's some really good people to interact with. Um, we're in there. Some of the previous hosts are in there. Some of the guests from the, the guest series that you did last year are in there. And there's some people from other podcasts as well. So, yeah, get yourself in the Fret Talk podcast group and uh, introduce yourself. Show us your rigs and stuff because we all love looking at You're going to say tits then. <laughs> <laughs> we all love looking at some rigs and some tits. Uh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> um, yeah, so get along with that. And um, if you want to find the Budget Pedal Chap online, you go to Instagram and search for the Budget Pedal Chap. He's all. Instagram.com slash budget pedal chap. Um, Facebook.com slash budget pedal chap. Uh, YouTube search for the budget pedal chap. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost at a custom URL now, so it's so you're it's, not far off. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be youtube.com slash budget pedal chap. Um, soon. Yeah. If you haven't already, can you uh, can you subscribe to that that channel? Um, because it then makes this outro a little bit easier. <laughs> only re- literally the only reason I want that to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you should go go and subscribe anyway because there's some cool videos coming out. I don't think there was anything out last week, was there? No. Uh, or did I miss it? As I mentioned, I mean, you've been moving house. Yeah, I've, yeah. And <laughs> I, I, the the video was edited. It's just I had no way of uploading it. That has that has been done, <laughs> and by the time this is out, it will be out. Uh, so yeah, Excellent check that out. News. Yeah. And if you want to find any more about me, uh, Twitter or Instagram or Twitch, I'm heel underscore Matt Q, so just search in them and you'll find me. And come say hi if I'm live streaming or whatever. I'm on a, well, I suppose this is no use to you, but last week I was on a week off work, so there were some like daytime Twitch streams and stuff, but there's legacy ones, so you can actually go and see what I'm like if I'm not live anyway, if you're interested, but... Other than that, um, badbookers.com, week just gone was WrestleMania week, so um, there's loads of stuff on the website, whether it's videos, whether it's the podcast itself, whether it's articles, there's loads of stuff happening over there. So yeah, if you're interested in your wrestling, head over to badbookers.com and that'll direct you through to the videos or whatever whatever you're looking for. Um, and with that, I think it's about time for the end. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye and good night. Tatty bye. Tarara bit. Bye Matt. Bye Matt. I got through it. You did. It was amazing. Really good. Really long as well. That's what she said. <laughs>